Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, revving his engine for yet another installment for Fast and Furious, is Drew Douglas. Vroom, vroom. How are you feeling after we've had not only the latest Fast and Furious, but we've been watching so many Vin Diesel interviews? Not to say the pandemic is over by any stretch, but it does feel like we are back in real life movie mode. It's truly crazy how much we've got coming because we've got in theater releases, we've got streaming, we've got a ton of things coming out that I've forgotten about and now you can rent it or buy it or it's on VOD. It's truly, it it truly feels like an end of the year, like a blowout special. And I have to say it all started with Vin Diesel. We're going to be covering the latest Fast and Furious, or F9, otherwise known as the Fast Saga. In the last episode, if you didn't listen to it, you should, because Drew and I talked all Fast and Furious details. We went into all of those movies. We went through our things that we we liked the most, liked the least, and then rated and ranked those movies. And then we're going to talk about how this movie, where this falls on that list, we're also going to give a tease to something that we have not done in a while, and it's a twist on the movie review game. So Man. I'm excited How to try How long do you think it's been? I'm it's nervous. It's been like a year and a half since we've played that game. It's been too long, way too long. We haven't been able to. I mean, there's been no movies, but yeah, I'm glad it's back. Let's go ahead and talk now. Just dive right into it with Fast and Furious, F9, or the Fast Saga. You know what? At this point, let's just give up on trying to predict what the name is for any new Fast and Furious movie. I mean, I would have just done F9. Like, why do we yeah. need to add on to this thing? That's true. That's Because <laughs> you're right. Sure. When this is all said and done, and they say this will be coming to an end, that is the Fast Saga. Now, do you you have all of the movies, all of the Fast and Furious movies? You own them, uh, a hard copy. Do you have like a box set or no? No, I have a digital copy. That's all oh, I got. Okay, I thought you had like a, an actual where because I've seen that where it's the front. It's like Vin's car, uh, the muscle car, and it is the all eight movies that have come out so far. I, don't, I you know what? I bet he's left off. Hobbs and Shaw. So I bet you anything that's not included in that. Yeah, that wouldn't be because that's not in my collection. And then the thing is, you don't buy that set until this is finished. Yeah. Because then you're just going to have to keep buying it. Then it doesn't add like you you can't connect it to your packaging. (laughs) So physical media, I'm going to wait. But that is something, you know, when this is all said and done, I would I'd be really uh, interested in adding that to my collection. It's I feel like with getting them, like you said, it just might as well as wait. But then we've got basically Fast 10 coming at us. Um, and all I can say is buckle up because that'll be an interesting ride since that's going to be cut up into two movies. But uh, so Fast 9, Drew, what can you tell us about the breakdown of this movie and some of the stats? The plot. Dominic Toretto, played by Vin Diesel, and the team come together to stop a world-shattering plot headed by Toretto's brother, Jacob, played by John Cena, a character <laughs> a character we, in 20 years since this franchise started, we have never heard about, unless I missed it. Uh, came out June 25th here in the U.S., the budget of a whopping $200 million, 
but it appears to be worth it. It racked up $70 million in its opening weekend here mm-hmm. in the States. And it's made more than $405 million worldwide. And that brings up the question, why is this still so successful after 20 years? You and I, we were talking about this before recording, but this franchise has been credited for including such a diverse cast and also kind of taking us to places and introducing members of the family that really truly represent across all cultures, which means that it's going to draw in a ton of people that will help with the box office. That's for sure. Since it's helping with representation. So, I mean, there's that, but also beyond that, um, also think that it appeals like what we've talked about joking aside family, the element of loyalty plays so strong here that I know one person who I was totally surprised and shocked would end up loving this is my brother-in-law who's a youth pastor. And it's nuts because he, whenever I first got to know him, he was talking about there's one franchise he loves, even though he's not a gearhead. And I'm like, hmm, I mean, it can be fast and fierce. And then that's what he said. And each time there's been a new release of this, it's been, he's been like you, Drew, where he's gone to the theater, he's made it like an event. And it's the same way with F9, where he's turned this into a big kind of spectacle night where he goes out, uh, he's able to watch this movie and just have fun. And he, you know, builds up to this movie by really by rewatching the other movies too. But it's it's um, something that I found to be fascinating to learn that, you know, through this, I know he said that there are certain elements that it's not about um, that he's like supporting in terms of what you would normally look at a franchise like this and expect that is going to be um, a big element, but it's just a, a small ingredient that makes the entire concoction that is fast and furious. But at the heart of it is this idea of what, is supposed to be family. And, you know, I made fun of him for that for several years. Now I feel like a fool because I have accepted this as what it is. And I have now grown into a fan of the series. Uh, some other stats, Rotten Tomatoes score as of today, and this is fluctuating. It's actually going into rotten territory, which is 59% below. It's fresh still, 60%. Um, Justin Lin returns to the direct. He did not do the last two films, I forgot this. Lynn, Lynn's previous movie before Fast Nine. Do you know what it was? Because he worked on True Detective, the final se- the other season, right? Season three. He did some TV, and then his movie before this one, Star Trek Beyond, which oh. is a movie I like a lot, and I completely forgot that he did it. Yeah, I forgot about that. All of the main cast members return, including Jordana Brewster, who plays Mia. She was not in Fate. Mm. She was with Paul Walker's character, enjoying um, a not-so-dangerous life with her kids. The biggest addition for Fast 9, John Cena, who plays Dom's brother, Jacob. Now, here's an interesting thing. Vin Diesel believes the late actor Paul Walker, who, who died in 2013, he claims that Paul Walker played a role in Cena getting this job. Hmm. Uh, Vin was talking to British website NME, and he had this quote. He said, 
there was a great moment of anxiety when it came to think about who you would cast to play Jacob. I was in my Dom shrine getting ready for the film and getting into that Dom state of mind. One morning, John Cena walked in and I don't know, people might not get this or might think I'm crazy, but I felt like Paul Walker had sent him to play Jacob. Oh my God. I love that he, he loves Walker so much that he believes he's playing a role in the afterlife with the success of this franchise that he helped build. That's incredible, right? Yeah. You know, at this point, it's like there are times I've wondered if Vin's trolling us, but like you said, he seems so sincere about everything. I don't think he is. Everything that comes out of his mouth, this is what I kind of love because you watch these movies and sometimes I'm like, Vin, I don't even know what you're saying. Like, what do you, what, what was the dialogue (laughs) you just said? I can't understand you. Or I question whether he's a good actor, but then I, I watch interviews with him and he, he's not the same person as Dominic. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's a really, really good actor, actually. It's funny you say that because I've talked to several after watching F9, those who have seen it and those who swear by Vin Diesel being not just a good actor, but a great actor. And that he's one of the main reasons why they watch these movies, but also they are, are Vin fans, like to the grave, where it's like, no matter what, they support him. I find that fascinating. I never realized he had such a following, but the dude's got it. I mean, we say that about, and I I firmly believe this with Stallone. Like, I think Stallone is a legit, very good actor. He's very smart. Mm -hmm. He writes, which a lot of these action stars do not do. So I understand that. And I do do think Vin is better than what we give him credit for because these movies are so outlandish. We brought this up the last podcast. No one else on earth could be Dom. Yeah. You just can't do it. He is the most important ingredient. Especially leading up to and then after this release, I am just blown away by, I mean, we're in the pandemic. It's raked in that amount of money, not just here in the U.S., but also globally. The fact that, I mean, we joked that here he was riding down this country road and he was like, welcome back. And then he's all about like saving movies, but truthfully, I can't really say he's wrong. <laughs> he's not. And if this movie crosses $1 billion, which only two Fast and Furious films have done up until this point, and it does that during a pandemic, this is arguably maybe the greatest action franchise of all time. Yeah. Like how do you do that during a time like this? You have to have fanatics, like absolute yeah. fanatics seeing your films. I mean, I'm proud to say I'm part of the Fast Fam. Uh, yeah, I, I've just joined recently, and it's been a lot of fun, that's for sure. Something that, for me, unexpected, but it's been awesome. And it's, it, you know, it's weird. Ever since talking about this, I've heard from various people, family members and friends who I have literally not talked to in a long time, and others who I do keep in touch with, And they're like, I had no idea. And it literally is like a cult following, but it's a massive cult. (laughs) That's the word I was going to use as a joke, but it is in some way, like anything that has fandom, it has become almost cult-like. Yeah, it's it's caught me by surprise. But, you know, one thing we also have not done in quite some time, and we were texting about this, but it is describing this movie in one sentence. 
And I've been curious, what is your one sentence review of Fast 9? Despite literally soaring to out of this world heights, Fast 9 marks a new low for the long running action franchise. Um, I, I, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that as well, because mine is uh, juiced up on promise, but runs out of creative fuel early on. Ooh, that's good. You should write the screenplay for the next film. Oh, and then Vin, Vin will, is like, all right, everything's good except for the dialogue. Let me rewrite <laughs> those. Walking out of this movie, and I, I completely agree with what you said. There is a lot of fun to be had here, and I did like it. But I feel like in the very beginning, it gave a glimpse, and I'll get into this later on, but it gave a glimpse into what could have been. I do think there is a nugget of a movie here that if they had spent more time tweaking this, it could have been one of the best entries. Let's talk about what works here. What do you have? I would say probably the biggest compliment I can give this movie is that you have to give them credit for going in on the go big or go home motto. Like, despite all my qualms, I do admire the wacky stuff they come up with. Like, it's very creative. We'll get into the issues momentarily, but at the end of the day, this is a, a satisfying, entertaining two and a half hour ride. Yeah, I, you know, for me, I think one major thing, and it plays a little bit off of what you said, and it really is family, but with an asterisk. And... That's part of what also doesn't work for me, and it's tied in. The family element that does, for me, looking at this movie, I realize, and there is a phrase that um, it was either Tej, so Ludacris' Tej, or it was Roman, uh, played by Tyrus Gibson. Whenever they literally go to space in this movie, and heads up, we're going to talk about some spoilers in this as well. Uh, we did not preface that earlier, but uh, I'm going to drop some here. One being is there's a line that one of those guys have, and it's interesting because it's like, could you imagine just two guys from the hood in space? And I thought that's interesting because not only this film or the very first film, but all these movies represent so many different cultures and and we get such a, a diverse cast that truly if like Hollywood's paying attention it's like maybe that's one of the the major reasons why this film is or this franchise is succeeding because it's doing such a great job connecting with audiences no matter how insane it gets they're going in space and a freaking car that looks like something designed from Tesla's garage while he was sleeping, uh, I mean, he looked like Doc Brown came up with that. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's this uh, botched together job. But the part the part that really works, I think, is the family and the inclusion, in so many levels. Because no matter what, if you have Dom's back or Vin's back, Vin's going to put you in his movie. It's kind of like Adam Sandler and including all of his buddies. Where Vin Diesel is like, you know what? I'm going to bring back uh, Lucas from Tokyo Drift and Bow Wow. I'm going to throw them in this movie and give them these roles, even though they're like now rocket scientists, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a thing in Tokyo Drift? Like, is, were they studying that? I don't understand no. how, it just how that's like, a 
all of a sudden a thing. I mean, it's amazing. I love it, but I, uh, did I miss something? No, that's like came out of nowhere. And whenever that's revisited in Fast and Furious 6, when Dom goes to um, to Tokyo and we see him standing in the parking garage with Lucas and, and they're just chatting about uh, Han and the family, that's never brought up. And we're assumed that they're still there in Tokyo, that they never left. But instead in this movie, it's this idea that they're in Germany all of a sudden and that they are <laughs> working on freaking rockets. Like, okay. I mean, a few years have passed. Yeah. I was going to say, I think some time has gone and they just said, I, I need something new. I need a new location. <laughs> it's, I mean, kind of cool, but also like so outrageous that it's, there's never any kind of crumb that leads us to this reveal that they are now rocket uh scientists that i don't know it's it's so outlandish but at the same time i dig it so part of the family works i will say and what doesn't work i do have two big things to talk about i mean this is a fast and furious movie what do you what are you really wanting so it's hard for me to sit and nitpick but i do have a lot i do have complaints and i hate that <laughs> these characters aren't believable human beings anymore like i can suspend disbelief with plot in bombastic action, but there's no real world stakes anymore. Like I wish I could go into one of these movies and legit be worried if characters will actually live or die because at this point, no one dies. And if they actually do die, we know it's just going to be retconned in like two or three films. <laughs> yeah. Plot wise. I feel like we're recycling the, the world takeover ideas at this point. Can we not do wild action in the confines of a small scale storyline anymore? I couldn't help but think that it, characters have literally gone into outer space so is incorporating science fiction elements or time travel that's like not e not even implausible at this point finally i'll kind of wrap this up i think fast nine suffers the same fate as fate of the furious the villains absolutely suck in my opinion they're no fun <laughs> yeah. i can't believe cypher survived again and I can only assume she'll play a role in the final two films, which is disappointing. I don't find her interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing that I completely agree with for Cypher because I think Charlize Theron is a great actress. I love her. I think that she's one of the best actresses working right now. But at the same time, her character is just kind of just very one note, it feels. And I know on our last podcast, you said, how far can you go? with this kind of character. You can only have them punching buttons for so long before you get a little tired of that. And it seems tedious, but. I mean, she's literally stuck in a box the entire movie. <laughs> and at one point flies a drone. Like that's, you know, as, that's as exciting as it gets with this character. I, I will say there's an element of that that I liked where it's kind of like Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. And it's almost like Vin did his own version of that with Cypher. But the thing that makes Hannibal so interesting is that you're terrified. If he gets out of that box, you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. Cypher, on the other hand, even though I love Charlie Theron, that same there's no comparison at all to the threat that Cypher poses. Because let's face it, it with her being a hacker, that's where she lies in terms of the true threat. And she may be able to go toe-to-toe, nose-to-nose with Dominic Toretto and without flinching as he's screaming in her face like he did in Fate. 
this, I mean, it just seems like they cut down her role, which I think was a good idea and still worked her into this. Uh, I, I will say before going into my top five uh, dislikes of this movie, the thing that I want to segue, use to segue into this, I had a lot of fun with this movie by the end of it. It did feel a little bit long, but overall I had I still had fun with it. But I was wondering toward the end, it felt like, okay, we got to wrap this up now. That's that's the feeling I'm getting. Like I never felt that way with any of the other movies. As Vin Diesel described, if you all listeners out there can recall Drew reading this quote, but in the last episode, Drew read Vin's words as, this franchise has a soul and it's time for it to rest. Um, that's definitely what it feels like where this soul is like growing a little weary at this point. But nonetheless, uh, I know this movie is getting a bad rap and getting kind of poo-pooed on. I still think there's uh, it, there's a lot of fun to be had with this. Um, but the, the top five things that I think did not work, I mentioned family. Let's start off with who returns. Jordana Brewster, I love her in all the other movies. She seemed off in this. Did you think the same thing, Drew? There was something about her, just her character didn't connect this time. I mean, Mia's always kind of been bland, in my opinion. Um, no. So I'll say no. The other thing, too, with it being off, I, I was okay. That, like, if there's one way to bring her back and only her back, I think this is a chance. This is like the storyline, the the plot thread to weave her back into this realm of the family without leaving her out. I'm glad that they brought her back. But I think without Paul Walker, I realized something. She's not a good actress. Like in this, it seemed, and before, it never seemed like I noticed. But in this case, it seemed she. There's just something that wasn't connecting with me for her, um, but and, and it stinks because I love Brewster uh, and I was happy to see her. Uh, number two, this still relates to family. I still think Jacob's storyline was not the greatest. Um, it was a Do good you way like that we got. I mean, we we have substantial backstory. Yeah, this is like F nine the backstory. Did you like that? You, you know, just, I like, I did. Kind of, that is kind of an interesting approach because at this point, nine movies deep, we're we're going backwards. Uh, you know, and that's a that's a point in my one sentence review of this movie. I think it had promise, and there are two two areas of promise, and this is where I'll bring that up. First, I love the flashbacks. I love that we get to see the moment that we've always heard about in this franchise, and it's when Dom beats a guy with. A wrench, and that's how he goes to prison. We see that play out, and we see how that happens and why it happens. But then we also see why Dom, for 20 years, has not wanted to talk about his brother. And there's good reason. I thought, how are they going to work this in? And I think that was done pretty decent. In the very beginning, I think it worked. But as they go on, they reveal more and more and more. They should have, I think that's ultimately where they should have cut a lot of this from the movie. Keep it simple and let us think more and and kind of allow us as viewers to think more back on this rather than let it be spelled out. Because as it continues, 
it just it it reveals a little too much and i think that's where it could have really borrowed from the keep it simple method um isn't it crazy that i would imagine i would imagine this is a, a throwaway line from the first film about dom beating somebody up how that all these years later is like let's find a way to bring that into it because <laughs> yeah. you know when they initially wrote that original script they didn't have any of this <laughs> obviously plotted out it's just funny that something so small in that first film has led to this massive backstory basically in movie number nine yeah it's that's the, again goes back to the fascination of this entire universe and where it's expanded to yeah uh and that's where with this movie too it made me reflect back on some of those things within this franchise and mainly since i have spent weeks watching these movies leading up to this it's kind of like all right here's the finish line for now and this is where where we've gone so far the final thing and this relates to family i don't think they should have teased paul walker and his skyline at the very end and had the seat instead i think they should have just cut to that because it to me that kind of messed a little bit with the furious seven ending and the tribute to paul they should have said something along the lines of, you know, Dom's like, you know, Mia, Brian's not here with us, uh, or he's not present, but he's always with us, and we miss him, or something like that. And it's like, oh, well, it makes us miss him too, rather than see him, because it almost, it makes me nervous for what they're going to do with Fast 10, and how they're going to work in Brian, and that storyline. I mean, yeah, you just have to come up with another dumb reason for why he's not involved. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is, it's great. Like I said, it's great to see Mia back. I like that they're giving Brewster a chance to be in these films again, but it, logically it doesn't make sense. The uh, fourth thing that I think was, it, it felt a little unnecessary right now. It felt like they, they jumped the shark just a little too early. I'd be okay later on. But the trip to space at least right now, it seemed like a movie too early. Fun idea, but it seemed kind of unnecessary where this storyline ended up. And then the fifth and final, I know it's like one of those things, like we're going to throw in another uh, uh, Ronda Rousey, and just because Cardi B's super popular right now, let's throw in Cardi B in this Interpol idea. That seems so asinine and ridiculous. Although, like you said, I feel like I'm nitpicking a little bit too much, and at the end of the walking out, I, I still had fun with this. Uh, although I wish they had dialed it back on a few things. So what do you think overall final grade of this? How many Dominic Toretto's would you give this out of five? It's like a two and a half light three for me. Mm. I, yeah, I have to, I have to go with two and a half because earlier I was thinking three. I'm like, I'll go three because actually I liked it. I think it's better than what we're hearing, but then I started uh, wondering about this as we've talked and then I've pretty much solidified it's got to be two and a half because it's not like it just seems like an average Fast and Furious. Nothing really stands out about it. So where does this rank on the overall Fast and Furious franchise for you? At the moment, I'm going to put this at the very, very bottom. Whoa. So this is going under Fast and Furious the fourth Numero film. Four. Yeah. I mean, some, someone's got to carry the rear. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the worst movie, but at the, at the moment, only one watch. Yeah. It, it's, it's my least favorite so far. Hmm. I ended up 
putting at the very bottom was the very first one, the Fast and Furious. Then I had Fate. I think I like this just a little bit more than Fate. And I think I'm putting it right above Fate. Mm. So third from the bottom. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. You know, you brought up a very interesting point in the last podcast and you said, but you have to credit the very first film for starting this. And that's very true. I think in which I will shelve these for a while, but I will return to them. I don't think that list will stay the same. I think the top will, but I think the bottom will change. And as this, I allowed this movie to to be pushed out of of my short-term memory and then i go a little while and then return to this 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 could very well be the bottom yeah Um, i think it will i think it's gonna i just i have a hard time putting that first one at the very bottom it just doesn't seem right and and fate i feel like could end up climbing a little bit here's the other thing that i said briefly in the last uh podcast episode but I love Mr. Nobody, and he was in this more than what I originally thought because I didn't think he was going to be in this at all. One of the things that I think propels this franchise is to include more Mr. Nobody, but more than that is to include what happens with Mr. Nobody and that whole like secret agency. Here, it was was just lacking, although it was on full display in Fate of the Furious. So maybe I'm wrong with that. And maybe that just brings it down a little bit. Or maybe that will help bring up Fate of the Furious on rewatch. Ultimately, so he, I mean, he's still alive, right? He's got to be. I'd assume so. That's that thing where they don't they don't have the balls to kill people off, which is <laughs> uh, it's so annoying. Well, and I, mark my words, we're going to see Gal Gadot. She's going to return oh, in the... Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I, I swear we're going to see her and the 10th film. And my guess is it was going to be like a bad guy or something crazy. too. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like her evil clone. It makes me wonder if Mr. Nobody will turn into a bad guy, but then again, it seems like it's not, that won't be the case because we'll end up having uh cypher versus Ramsey and Mr. Nobody, but yeah. Sounds awful. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds so bad. I I mean, they've kept Cypher in here. She's going to come back. I also have to say, it's weird. Like, I've always liked bringing up Ramsey. I've always liked Ramsey. This one, I'm like, all right. I have like, I'm full-blown crushing on Ramsey. I'm just like freaking Tej and Roman, where I'm like fighting over um, Ramsey with all the other audience members. So moving forward, where do you think this franchise will go? First, um, the 10th film, F10 or whatever it will be called, will be two parts and wrapping up the main Fast Saga. What do they need to do to go out on a high note? I have no idea. I really don't. Uh, One issue I've had with the Mission Impossibles is I've always wanted them to scale back and do something in the vein of that first film, which I love. I, I wouldn't mind this doing the same thing where maybe like the part one, the first film, it's a more realistic scaled back fast and furious movie. And then your second film, you end on the wild insane action notes. And that's when you, you throw everything into it. So maybe we do a little give and take mm-hmm. that, that would be, that would please me and you would please everybody else. But I know people, 
people are always wanting to see what they do next and it'll never happen. But that would be my ideal thing. It's just like start small, make it personal. And that's the thing. Don't, don't do some like end of the world plot, but I, I don't, I don't have no clue what they're going to do. Cause it's always a personal like threat. What are you going to introduce his mom now? Did his mom, <laughs> have they ever established what, what Dom's mom is doing? No. <laughs> All right. That's it. She's going to be the villain in the next one. I guarantee <laughs> Or the dad comes back from the dead or something. You know, and jokingly, Vin said that he brought up time travel in, I think it was the uh, Today Show interview. And he did? Yep. Oh, my goodness. I said that as a joke. Yeah, no, he said he said that. And I think he was joking, but he's like, where do we go from here? Maybe time travel. And then... Oh, my goodness. Yep. Yeah, and I think that itself is probably... He, he's trying to get the fan base to chime in on that but I, I bet that happens i could see that happening I, I do think someone will die for good for whatever reason f9 they tease constantly at least tyrese that they're basically immortal i thought that was foreshadowing that somebody was going to bite the bullet for real i did it didn't too. happen but i do think they're maybe planting seeds that maybe not everyone is as safe as you think they are with the F10 being broken down to two movies, I think it will end on a major cliffhanger where we'll probably do an exchange where one dies and then we get Gal Gadot's character back. And then she returns. And then at the end of the, the very final film, we deal with maybe the death of two characters or one other character. And that's it. We end up getting probably two deaths total. But I think it will happen. And will it be Dom? Nah, I don't no think so. And it can't yeah. be Letty. They've already done that. They've already <laughs> done the fake out of her. Yeah. You're not going to kill Mia. Um, Ramsey, she's probably the most likely one because it has probably the least ramifications. Yeah. And then Tej and Roman are probably, I would say, fan favorites. Yeah. So that would be for a shock appeal. But... The, the logical one for me would have been Letty if they hadn't already done that. She would be a good person to kill where it's like, oh, okay, that ramps up the stakes for the final, mm-hmm. you know, film. But and you're not going to do it with Don because you need him. He he is the main thing. And we can't do that with Han because there's that fake out. And you've done that. You can't kill little Brian. I never understood either. They He names his son Brian in honor of Brian. And Brian didn't die. He's just, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like living his life somewhere else i never fully understood that oh my gosh that's <laughs> and i just love how he looks at him he's like hey little b and <laughs> <laughs> and oh man that's good uh yeah you know i think honestly i think the part i'll say f10 part one will end up being a death of a main a big character and i think it could end up being someone like taz or roman and then that's going to be like a shock value of wow who are they going to do but or who are who who else will they end up killing off but i think they'll introduce like the next bad of doing that and then frankly i think we get jacob back jacob dies and i think it's going to be one of those where then it's either going to boil down to Dom or Jacob and Dom tries to save Jacob and then Jacob dies. I think Ramsey dies and I think Mr. Nobody dies. I'd say those are my big predictions on who dies. Um, and 
I because Mr. Nobody, even though he's part of the family, he's more of a an associate. Yeah, he's not part of it. And then and then if you can, if you bring him back for whatever reason, you gotta kill little nobody too. Cause he's just yeah, it's just like who cares? Blow him up. No. Well, and that's it. Honestly, maybe that's it. They have no Mr. or little nobody, and then he's gone, and then we get that, and then a fan favorite. But uh, you know, you get, I think you gotta have a fan favorite, like somebody of the main core has to die. Well, and that's the other thing that I think does not work, and I left this off, but it felt like there were no stakes in this. All the other movies, it truly felt like someone was going to die or something bad was going to happen. This was the first movie I watched. I did not think anything bad was going to happen to any of the characters. I mean, those are my thoughts on F9. Do you have anything else lingering? No, that's it. Let's play a game. We've been holding out on doing this for a while. And what's your twist to the movie review game? If you've never listened, this is a game where I give you four snippets of actual reviews. Usually we use Rotten Tomatoes critics. I thought I'd change it up and I'm going to use Rotten Tomatoes verified users. So these are people that I guess prove that they saw the film. They wrote a little review I have four of them. Three are real. One is fake. You're going to have to find the fake. Are you ready for this? There's four options. Here's numero A. I'm nervous. This is from user Yaz. He writes, or she writes, I don't know what that is. (laughs) It's sad to see what this franchise has become. If the world is in danger, don't call the Navy SEALs or Army. Call Dom and the family. (laughs) Okay, that's fun. Um... Maybe. Numero B. This is from user Mac. They write, awesome movie and insane plot. I just wish that Cena and Theron's characters were lovers. Imagine the sex. <laughs> okay, that... Hmm. Gonna get some wacky stuff. This is C from user Morris B. He writes, loved it. So over the top. Magnets, going to space, and fun. You got to be a real maniac to expect Oscar-winning stuff. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> that that seems so outrageous, but I don't know. I, maybe that's real. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final option, this is from user Justin. He writes, this is the single greatest cinematic adventure ever captured on film or created with CGI. Hmm. Could you read that one again? Yeah. This is the single greatest cinematic adventure ever captured on film or created with CGI. Jeez, with users out there, this is this seems so freaking nuts. All right. Great. That just seems so asinine, but I think that's probably real. Um <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> What could you read 
The second choice, please. Awesome movie and insane plot. I just wish that Cena and Throne's characters were lovers. Imagine the sex. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to go that choice. I think that's the fake. I can confirm that I wrote numero B. You're correct. Oh, yes. I really thought I could throw you off with this. Oh, my gosh. That, Especially it was just... with that the last option of the single greatest cinematic adventure ever <laughs> captured on a film or created with CGI. That's the kind of stuff on this website. It's so asinine. I, I'm like, you know what? And here's the thing. I swear. I swear. If there were a Bible in front of me, I'd put my hand on it. I have not read any of these reviews. I have not. I've not looked over any of this. This this is coming to me uh, fresh. Um, I I can't. I mean, to me, it doesn't seem real. I can't fathom that. Um, it seems so outrageous, but yet with the fast fam hearing that. I buy that there's, it's not just going to be like one person. I'm sure there's like an entire community full of people who are saying that. Well, that was still fun, even though you got it right. <laughs> and that kind of disappoints me, but. I'm surprised I got it right. Maybe that should be your review that you put on F9 on Rotten Tomatoes. The one that you ended <laughs> up writing. That would be good. Well, film fans, thanks for listening. On the next episode, we're going to talk about July Pickums. That's the pop culture Pickums, where Drew and I pick three things coming out in the month of July. We want to share our love with you of why we're anticipating those things. And then we will also talk about Chris Pratt's new Amazon Prime film coming out on the 4th of July weekend. And that's The Tomorrow War. Until next time, keep watching. The recording has stopped.